0: Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're able to tune in to this podcast. We've been offering these online services every week since the first lockdown began. Each act of worship combines archive recordings of our choir and congregational singing, together with newly recorded readings, intercessions and sermons, And these services will be continuing into the future, even though we're delighted to say that our live acts of worship will be starting again on the 28th of March, which is Palm Sunday. We keep a candle burning by the altar here each day as a sign of hope, even when our doors are closed. And when we light it, we think about you all and we give thanks for you. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Those who went before and those who followed cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord be with you. Please be seated. A very warm welcome to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this Palm Sunday as we begin our journey together into Holy Week. We begin with some special words of introduction to this service, followed by a prayer of blessing for our palm crosses. And if you don't have one of these with you, you can always cut down a piece of foliage or greenery, which will do just as well. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. Dear Friends in Christ, During Lent, we have been preparing by works of love and self-sacrifice for the celebration of our Lord's death and resurrection. Today we come together to begin this solemn celebration in union with the church throughout the world. Christ enters his own city to complete his work as our savior, to suffer, to die and to rise again. Let us go with him in faith and love so that united with him in his sufferings we may share his risen life. Will you please stand and hold up your palm crosses? God our Saviour, whose Son Jesus Christ entered Jerusalem as Messiah to suffer and to die, let these palms be for us signs of his victory and grant that we who bear them in his name may ever hail him as our King, and follow him in the way that leads to eternal life, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. We sing our processional hymn. god shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners christ died for us let us then show our love for him by confessing our sins in penitence and faith almighty god our heavenly father we have sinned against you and against our neighbor in thought and word and deed through negligence through weakness our own deliberate fault we are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your son jesus christ who died for us forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life
1: to the glory of your name amen
0: Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who in your tender love towards the human race sent your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ, to take upon him our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross. Grant that we may follow the example of his patience and humility and also be made partakers of his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
2: The Old Testament reading is taken from Isaiah, chapter 50, beginning at the fourth verse. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him that is weary. Morning by morning he wakens, he wakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, I turned not backward. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been confounded, therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near me. Behold, the Lord God helps me, who will declare me guilty? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
3: The epistle is taken from Philippians, chapter 2, beginning at the fifth verse. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death
4: Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. And when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village opposite you. And immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied at the door out in the open street, and they untied it. And those who stood there said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. They brought the colt to Jesus, and threw their garments on it, and he sat upon it. And many spread their garments on the road, and others spread leafy branches which they had cut from the fields. And those who went before, and those who followed, cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that is coming. Hosanna in the highest. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked round at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the gospel of the Lord.
0: In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Back in 1996, during the very first week that it opened, I took my elder daughter, who was then aged about five, to the National Sea Life Centre in Birmingham City Centre. One of the highlights is a 360 degree ocean tunnel which enables you to walk through an enormous glass tank with sharks and rays swimming all around you on every side. And there are countless other marvellous and unimaginably bizarre sea creatures to see there. It really was and is amazing. But for me, the most remarkable thing of all was something that I had, in fact, seen many times before, both on television and in real life, but which still never ceases to astound me, which is the extraordinary way in which an entire shoal of fish will suddenly and instantaneously change direction together with such immaculate timing and precision that it is as if they were a single organism. I'm sure that this is a very well-charted phenomenon that's perfectly comprehensible to marine biologists, but I still find myself watching in awe and wonder, baffled about how the heck they do it. I mean, which one of those squillions of little fish is the one to decide suddenly to turn left or right? And why do all the others follow? I have absolutely no idea.' Except that, interestingly enough, that kind of behaviour does have a parallel of sorts within human life, which you can observe when you watch people in crowds. I don't know whether you have observed or found yourself part of a crowd whose mood suddenly changes. One minute everyone is happy and having a marvellous time, and then suddenly anger and even aggression take over. It can be a profoundly unnerving experience and never more so than when you find yourself caught up in it because the mood of a crowd is highly contagious and an individual who is part of a crowd can behave in a completely different way from the way that same individual would conduct himself or herself in isolation. Back in 1976, I was present at the Notting Hill Carnival in the year when it descended into rioting and looting, which was a profoundly disturbing experience that I shall not forget in a hurry, although I hasten to reassure you that I remained an onlooker rather than a participant. And as chance would have it, I'm recording this sermon this morning after an anti-lockdown protest in Bristol suddenly became violent. Because it happens. Crowds are like that. Crowds can turn and change very suddenly. And to understand Palm Sunday and the sequence of events that it unleashes, events that we trace and relive throughout Holy Week, It helps to know something about the psychology and the behavior of crowds, and it also helps to know something of what was going on in the Jerusalem of Jesus' own day, which informed that behavior. The people of Israel had had a difficult and turbulent history. The story that they told of themselves was of a people freed by God from slavery in Egypt and led to a land promised to them by God. As part of the deal, God bound himself and his chosen people, the Hebrews, in a covenant relationship. But it was a a relationship that repeatedly went wrong and broke down. The people established a monarchy that failed. Their land became divided between Israel and Judah. They were invaded and taken over by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. Their temple was destroyed, their leaders exiled. Under the Persian king Cyrus, those in exile were permitted to return and the temple was rebuilt only for their land to fall under the control of the Greeks, the Seleucids and the Ptolemies, and eventually, during the time of Jesus, the Romans. So, when the people of Israel voiced their hope in the coming of a promised, uh, uh, in the coming of a promised Messiah, a Messiah who would bring them salvation, that hope had nothing to do with their individual spiritual welfare in some kind of afterlife. On the contrary, it was about the rescue of a people, a nation who were in a unique covenant relationship with God. And it was a hope that was very much rooted in the present, in the here and now. In St. Mark's account of the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, which we heard this morning, this is in fact the first occasion on which Jesus had entered Jerusalem at all, which heightens its dramatic effect. At Jewish festivals, it was customary for pilgrims to enter the city on foot. So it's also highly significant that Jesus, who elsewhere in the gospel walks everywhere unless he happens to be on a boat, does not. So for Jesus to enter the city riding an animal, as he does, highlights both his authority and his distinctiveness and incidentally in the ancient world an ass was by no means deemed to be an inappropriate mount for a king so this really was heady powerful stuff the entry of jesus into jerusalem riding on an ass was an event worthy of note and the pilgrims who were thronging the streets for the festival get caught up in the excitement Their cry of Hosanna, literally, save now, was basically an appeal to God to bring them liberation, presumably from their foreign oppressors. But it swiftly becomes a shout of praise focused on Jesus. You can almost touch the excitement. Could this be the long-awaited Messiah? Could it be that he has finally come into his kingdom to bring God's chosen people the deliverance that they crave. Unfortunately for those crowds, Jesus turned out to be a very different kind of Messiah, one that was so remote from their yearning that they not only fail to recognise him for what he truly is, but they subsequently turn on him. Because crowds are like that, the one they exalt suddenly becomes the one they destroy. The one in whom they have placed all their hopes suddenly becomes the focus of their murderous rage, as we shall see as this coming week unfolds. In the words of one of our most famous Passion Tide hymns, Sometimes they strew his way, And his sweet praises sing, resounding all the day, hosannas to their king. Then crucify is all their breath, and for his death they thirst and cry. So what is our task today in relation to all of this? I wonder if something we might all benefit from doing as we begin our journey into Holy Week is to search for our own faces within that crowd. I wonder if we can recognise ourselves. Because the thing about crowds is that they are both empowering and concealing. As part of a crowd, you share in its strength and its exhilaration. You participate in a power that is far greater than yours alone. And yet being part of a crowd also gives you a sense of anonymity that can even dissolve all sense of personal responsibility. Any of you who've worked with young people and have had occasion to rebuke a child who was committing some felony or other may well have heard the plea in attempted justification, well, everybody else was doing it, as if the responsibility lay with the group rather than with any of the individuals within it. And I wonder how far we are guilty of that ourselves. I, for one, have become shamefully and painfully aware of how the principal causes of climate change were allowed to run amok on my watch when my own generation held the primary decision-making powers both at a global level and at an individual and personal level. I myself am responsible for how I vote and how I choose to shop. It's always tempting to assume that these enormous things that bedevil our world are the responsibility of somebody else. They are not, because we all play a part in shaping the nature of that crowd of which we are a minuscule but integral and necessary part And how far is our commitment to follow Jesus, driven by the benefits we think faith might bring us, rather than by our genuine willingness to walk the way of the cross, regardless of where that journey leads, even if it takes us to a place where we would rather not go. And how far do we evaluate our own lives and the worth of our own lives, in purely individualistic terms, what I have managed to achieve rather than what I might have managed to contribute alongside others to the benefit of God's world and God's children, because all human beings are profoundly interconnected. I shall leave you with an observation by the present Dean of Westminster Abbey, David Hoyle, in a piece he wrote specifically on the subject of Palm Sunday. To live fully, to live together, we have to give up our ambition and our obsession with power. Not just the obsession a few have for the butch and bruising forms of power, but the sly, beguiling kinds of power. The moral advantage, the intellectual edge, the wounded look, the over extravagant apology, even the writhing determination to let others make the decisions. We have to give up all of it. Truth and grace do not barter. Our Palm Sunday procession, our Palm Sunday gospel, and the Hosannas we sing recreate the way of the cross. They invite us to make a journey into a different kind of humanity, and it is filled with risk. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray.
5: Heavenly Father, in the light of Palm Sunday, upon when your son Jesus Christ entered Jerusalem, we pray for the people of this holy city, those of all races, creeds and religions who live and work there. May they live in harmony with justice prevailing. We pray for the church of the Holy Sepulchre. Dear Lord, we pray for women living all over the world of all ages from birth to 105, that they may feel safe and respected wherever they may be in the day and the dark of night. May women stride through the streets, the lanes, the meadows and the fields, free from the fear of harassment, being stalked or attacked. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Dear Lord, reveal your guiding spirit to the leaders of all nations such that they act with prudence and clarity of vision to share and deliver the vaccine. May rancour not spark petty rivalry and misinformation about treatment. May what is rational not be pricked with thorns. We give thanks to the volunteers who vaccinate. Dear Lord, help us to emerge responsibly from lockdown, one step at a time. There will be changes in our lives which we never would have imagined before we were struck with the pandemic. Help us to go forward with faith, hope, and charity. Help us to heal. We will follow you as the people in Jerusalem did 2,000 years ago. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you, Lord, for encouraging people all over the world to treasure and save our natural resources, the waters, plant life and creatures on our precious planet. The message is being heard in unexpected corners, thanks to your guidance. We pray for all those working in the media who, in the face of locked iron gates, determined to keep us informed about the world around us. May no journalist's conscience ever be numbed. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. And once again, as we sit in the pews together at St. Brides, embracing each other with our smiles, we pray for those whom we have lost and those whom we now welcome into our fold. We pray for our Sunday Club children and their steadfast concern for the environment. We pray for Alison and Jeff, our verger, Robin, our most devoted staff, Claire and James and Sally, our church wardens, our PCC and our choir. Dear Lord, as we journey with you in the days to come, help us to appreciate the value of self-sacrifice, the joy of giving to save others, May we each offer each other daffodils and a helping hand. Merciful Father, Father, accept these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Will you please stand? Once we were far off, but now in union with Christ Jesus we have been brought near through the shedding of Christ's blood, for he is our peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Amen. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy at all times and in all places to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks because for our salvation he was obedient even to death on the cross. The tree of shame was made the tree of glory, and where life was lost, there life has been restored. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself, made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord.
4: Great is the mystery of faith.
0: Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Accept through him our great High Priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your your Spirit, Inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise, blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood which he shed for you eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, we are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy, Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you humbled yourself in taking the form of a servant and in obedience died on the cross for our salvation. Give us the mind to follow you and to proclaim you as Lord and King, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you, our souls and bodies, to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. crucified draw you to himself, to find in him a sure ground for faith, a firm support for hope, and the assurance of sins forgiven. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.